Well, hello, welcome to Chucked, Season 3. I believe this is Episode 2, and we're really, really got a lot to talk about today. Today's going to be a salad bar of selections. We're not going to stay on any one topic a long time. At least that's the plan. That could always change mid-course. But the purpose of Chucked is to bring our what Oz and I talk about and in from arts and athletics and even academia and those three spheres integrating with scripture, with faith in Christ, and uh, just our relationship. And we are glad to be with us today. So Oz, you're gonna you're gonna keep us moving through the salad bar today. Mm-hmm. And uh, so what's first? On the bar, of first on many the bar things would be to pick from. a lot of things happened this weekend, and uh, the first would be uh, well, Ohio State looked good Saturday. Um, they played a tough opponent in Rutgers, but yeah. got through, football sweated it out. Yeah, but Haskins looked good. Nine touchdowns, two games so far. He's the third on the list in Heisman candidates wow. right now in Vegas. Yeah. So well, uh, and and you know the that list. Uh, is unbelievably irrelevant, mm-hmm. but it is an indicator until of how you're, much until he's one risen. of your guys is in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it didn't matter exactly. so much to me. <laughs> exactly. I saw where he has thrown more touchdown passes than 125 teams in in the Oof. NCAA. Wow. Yeah. Tay Martell came in and, and yeah. was a fan favorite. Yeah. They haven't played anybody yet. I mean, Rutgers obviously was an improvement over Oregon State, but this week's going to be the test. I can't TCU. tell if there's a lot of coach speak about TCU or if, it's, if they're – I mean, I know they're, what, 16th or 15th, but and it's yeah. at TCU, but um, it seems to be a lot of uh, coach speak, what yeah. I've read on Twitter. But yeah, we're going to find out if these young guys are good in a, a less friendly environment. Yeah. And um, if Haskins can maintain his poise in the midst of more pressure because TCU's strength is always their defense. And uh, Big 12 opponent – it's going to be a good test Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Praise God, it's not a three thirty time because that kills Saturday night <laughs> attendance. I wish they would listen to 5:30 me. Five thirty was a little bit of a dud last weekend, wasn't it? It was tough, man. <laughs> you know, I felt, I felt all of you five thirtyers out there, uh, listen to me. I need your help on Saturday night because it's funny how people are distracted. It's not There's just so you either. It is everyone that gets up there. Well, it, it, I told you, I felt. I, I just am so excited about this series. I felt, I felt good about the content, the pra- the application, the different application from this text, or mm-hmm. you know that I just showed. Here's where Jesus' words impact you, literally your body. I mean, you'll 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 literally do different mm-hmm. things. I felt good about it, but boy, if I m- evaluated the merit of that experience on the basis of <laughs> feedback uh, <laughs> in the moment, yeah. uh, it didn't seem like. Jesus' words don't do much to their bodies. No, the no, at least my way of communicating <laughs> Jesus' words. So, uh, you know, it was just, it was, I, I think part of that was I had a high expectations going in. I was just very excited to be presenting this content. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, it's like, I was talking with Fleming, who spoke two times this, this summer, and he says the same thing, the five, yeah, you know, and yeah. I know, and I've gone up there, and you know, it does shock you a little bit going up in the 530. And it's, and it's different in the summer, and it's different during Ohio State's season. Mm-hmm. It is different because that's the first time since we put the B stage out there mm-hmm. that I felt that way. The B stage changed the Saturday night experience the for me. The extension of the stage, mm-hmm. that is, yeah. It changed it. It it I've not 
experience that sense of disconnect. Mm-hmm. And I did this week. So no no insult to Saturday nighters. I think we're all a little it's it's just different. Sunday morning people that are they just gotten up. They five thirty is a weird time too. I mean you're not it's not quite dinner time. Yeah, you know, it, it, it is. Know. It it's amazing how well we do on Saturday night. It really is. I mean to have a thousand mm-hmm. people who come a lot of Candidly, a lot of churches had to close their Saturday night around here mm-hmm. because it just doesn't work for us. It works. So Sunday, though, Sunday the Brownies yeah. were back on the field. Yeah, and it felt like a loss. It did because they had such a chance to win. For those of you who don't know, they tied twenty-one twenty-one with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't understand how. I mean, I, I, I know it's player safety, but gosh, anyone that has any microscopic level of, of emotional interest in that game. There's a lot of people. That's a big. Those are two big fan bases. Let them go out at ten more minutes, <laughs> five more know. minutes. You know? know, it's it's so awful tying. It is. It would. I, I'm trying to. It would be worse losing. It would. Yeah. It would. That would have been worse. But like to you lose. said, Sunday we watched together. It felt like a loss because they blocked it. For those of you that didn't yes, watch, the Steelers the, the celebrated Browns, last. The Browns had a a chance to kick a field goal, a difficult one into the wind, hard rain, and it got blocked. So the Steelers celebrating last on your home field, it feels like the Browns had six takeaways too. And in the NFL, it's almost impossible to lose a game <laughs> or tie a game when you have six takeaways at home. At home. And it's just, mm-hmm. that was discouraging because that's not a good sign. I think, I think after stepping away from Sunday for a little while, I think the, I mean, it's one game, but, you know, culturally speaking, it did look different. It did. They did they, fight they, back. They, 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 they did. shouldn't have been in that game. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I mean, a lot of turnovers, but they, you know, they they fought back. They were down in the fourth, two scores, and they fought back. And um, so I think that's different. There's still some ineptitude there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still some, some, uh, well, some the youth, Steelers but, saying, here are the things that worry me. Why could they block that field goal? Because the Browns never changed their cadence on field goal attempts. Never. Hmm. Come on, are we fifth grade we Elks? <laughs> uh, that's just unbelievable. I remember hmm. my eighth grade team, we literally had to go on the same snap count every time <laughs> because our guys would jump off sides if we changed the snap count. <laughs> and then our trick was at the end of a game, we would change the snap count. That was the big and play. that was the big play. <laughs> okay, this is not eighth grade licking valley. Come yeah, that's on, a it is. It's just that's the stuff that I go. Really? But effort, effort wise, they seemed like they were there. It, you know, it did. They seemed like they were there. That would be a different game if this was, you know, December sixteenth. Yeah, they've only won three. Yeah, uh, that, that's the test. But um, they looked different effort wise, and that was good. Um, and they they looked talented. Their talent. Made plays. Their talent is what kept them in the game. Their talent and effort. They Good. just were a little stupid. Doug, they, Doug Maurice had an article in the Plain Dealer on on um, Monday. It was good. He said, "Hey, listen, grit did not bring them back. Talent brought them back." Yeah, Garrett and Ward. Exactly. And he said it. He, goes, and he just Schrober. kept doing an argument. It wasn't. It wasn't grit. Everybody tries hard, and it, it, more than people realize, talent is what brought mm-hmm. them back from a deficit. Shifting a little bit. I know not. You don't care as much, but I'm. I'm secondarily. I've always. Because of Paul Brown, but a Bengals fan secondarily, I'm one of those rare people that that have always liked both of them. I love the Browns. You know, mm-hmm. they have my heart. But I'm a, I'm a Bengal fan. I went to I went Ohio. I'm just an Ohio guy. I mean, I root for Bowling Green. You know, I mean, I, I'm an mm-hmm. Ohio guy. And boy, they look good. You know, they were down early, 
and they literally looked good. Would you please switch to those uniforms? Oh yeah, that they had. Those, those were look good. sweet. Those looked good. Those white tiger Cincinnati Zoo. Mm-hmm. You know, you, oh, please switch to. They those. have some of the worst uniforms in the in the in the league. They do well. They're similar to the Browns. They overdo it. Yeah. Okay. You you, you know, black and orange, brown and orange need to not be overdone. Mm-hmm. And they overdo it. Last night was a perfect example of. And I watched both games last night, most of both of those games last night, which would be the Monday night games, New York versus Detroit and um, L.A. versus Oakland. And gosh, you have some of the best uniforms in all of football last night. Oh, I mean, geez. the Lions uniforms. Gosh, those are incredible. The Jets. Well, they went the, back. The, they the, went the back dual, to the dual colors. colors. All the, those, the, both those, yeah, te- all those teams yeah. have dual. Just, it's just there's not even you know white really isn't even a color for you know the the giant the 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 Raiders and the the Lions. You know they just it's just blue and silver, black and silver. Oh yeah. gosh, that's those good. Are sweet. You know the Jets are changing theirs next year. I guess are they really? I read yesterday. If they go back like, to Boomer's st- era, I, I don't would, mind that, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, it wouldn't be bad I, for Joe, me. Joe like it is for you. Like like for me, it would. I think it would be really cool if the Rams went to like the Eric Dickerson's because that's my childhood. See? Oh, you know, no, that's not don't you. do that. Go that's to the you. blue and whites. Yeah. Those are the best uniform in the history of uniforms. <laughs> so for the me, the blue and white the Rams. sentiment is, is oh. in those Eric Dickerson's. Those I know. And they, they are going and back yellow. to that. Are they that? They're going back to that. I'm, I'm grieving because uh, you know me, I'm at our basement. I have so much Ram stuff down there. Yeah, you love those. Because I just love the Roman Gabriel, Deacon Jones, Merlin Olsen, blue and white horns. There's no better uniform in the history of uniforms than those. <laughs> not the Cowboys uniform, not the Raiders uniform. Those are just the sweetest, simplest. Um, but uh, the Raiders, they're up there, Ooh, right? Yeah. The Raiders yeah. uniform is yeah. sweet. It's simplicity. So, but the Bengals look good, and I, you know, Joe Mixon looked great. Mm-hmm. I watched their game. I'm, you know, I, as you know, I record like five games. Speaking and watch of them all running backs, look good. Did you see Isaiah Crowell's sixty-two yard run last I night? I didn't. I did, I recorded those, and then I didn't watch. Somehow, shape from from his move from Cleveland to New York somehow shaved a second off his forty time. I don't know how it happened. But the dude runs a three six forty now. I don't. It's unbelievable. You know what he Outruns had? He had. DBs. He had some good runs for the Browns. He did. He played great. But um, but gosh, I mean, you would have thought he looks yeah. thinner. I don't know. Okay, he might have lost some weight. But anyway, um, that happened. Another former Browns player taking off. Well, yeah, he'll be playing for the Patriots in the Super Bowl in two years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everybody go, where'd that guy come from? Oh, he played for the Browns for seven years. Uh, oh gosh, yeah. I swear Duke Johnson will be playing for the Patriots. At yeah, some that point is in his that career. is a Patriots player, and it is man. That is uh, it is, and oh, it just kills me. I saw a lot of Browns thriving last night. A lot of it's good to see the ex Browns out there thriving. Always well, good you know. To see. I, I, but going back to the Browns, I have. I mean, it is changing, and you, you know, yeah. which we shouldn't get brownie points for that brownie's advancement because in the NFL you're set up to. To get better when you're bad. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it's a total setup, and so. But they are, and it was it's it's legitimate NFL talent. Yeah. Oh, the Schobert now Ward and Garrett were on 85 snaps or something. You know, yeah, so they were the, the only the ones talent who was out there yeah. the entire game. Yeah. That, that was great. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But yeah. another big thing that happened this weekend um, in our world, one of the biggest two weeks of our life is the U.S. Open. Uh, it's my favorite Grand Slam of the year tennis tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love it. It's kind of the end of summer. for You me. and I are going to resurrect American tennis on our own. <laughs> we are going to. They're going to the UST yeah. is going to say these two pastors in Dayton, Ohio, resurrected tennis. <laughs> 
that, that, in it, America. It, it needs a resurrection for it sure. Does. But because um, it did not, not in New York, it, though, it did man. not have a good face this weekend, American yeah, tennis. Yeah. Um, but it's the big, two biggest weeks of the year for for me. It's the end of summer for me. Kind of summer culminates. Yeah. Kind of in the U.S. Open now. I'm in fall mode, but. Um, this weekend, uh, I love, and for both of us, we love men's and women's tennis. I mean, like any night of the week, given week, any of my friends know, I could be watching some godforsaken tournament, you know, yeah. women's for those challenger you, tournament. For those of you who want to know Genoa. today, you need to know today who the 98th ranked women's player in the world Let me is. Tell you. you need to contact Austin McMahon because yeah. he'll tell you. <laughs> And he'll tell you what her weaknesses are and what her strengths that, are. That might be a stretch, but I do think, as I was it saying the other time of the, of the court, I think if you showed me a top, like the top, just profile pictures of like the top 50 men and the top 50 women on tour with no name, I think I could name them all. Oh I think I, I think I just point to, you know, that's crazy. just that so-and-so, you know, whatever. But, that's um, crazy. But anyway, um, so, you know, I, I get just as excited to watch, you know, the men's final between Del Potro and, and Djokovic as I do Osaka and Williams. Um, for me, I'm a big Serena Williams fan. Uh, I love I love watching her, partly because she's American and American tennis is just pitiful. Um, but she's I love dominance. I don't like underdogs very much. And she certainly is uh, dominant and has been her whole career. She's, as a, as a playing tennis player myself, um, she's probably, I think, thinking through this tournament, I think she's the most fundamental athlete I've ever seen, just as far as mm-hmm. someone who's mastered That's the fundamentals point. of their st- sport, as much as Brady or Rogers has, um, Serena has, the way she, her racket preparation, her serve, her footwork, her volleying. I mean, she's just... <laughs> she's, you know, and then you just pair that with her size and athleticism, and it's just, it's, it's no wonder why she's dominated even through such great talent in her career. But um, so this weekend, she was playing Naomi Osaka, a twenty-year-old who looked up to Serena her whole life, and uh, who's going to win Grand Slams and eventually did win this U.S. Open. Um, she was playing her in the women's final Saturday, and uh, Serena was down a set, and it was what two-two all when. The uh, Carlos Ramos, the chair umpire, called a coaching violation. You can't receive any coaching in um, Grand Slam tennis. Women's 1,000 events, you can receive a little bit of a coaching break, but men's you can't. But anyway, you can't receive hand signals, um, any kind of motions or gesturing from your coach uh, during the match. And uh, Patrick Martagalou for Serena Williams coach, he uh, did some hand motioning. And so the chair umpire called a code violation and uh, on Williams. Uh, Williams went off on Carlos Ramos, didn't look very good. She um, thought Ramos was insinuating that she was cheating. She was not. Um, Ramos seemed almost apologetic. Both of them did. They kind of, they kind of, after the first run in, they, um, I don't know, they kind of, they got over it, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it wasn't that, it wasn't as bad. Anyway, uh, game later, uh, Serena smashed her racket into oblivion, which is any everyone knows that watches tennis is an instant code violation, um, court abuse. So uh, she gets another one, which would be in your second code violation, you get a point docked from the game you're playing. Serena went off again on Ramos, this time worse, um, saying a lot of I statements, a lot of me statements, a lot of statements that um, 
reflect, uh, I think what we do when, when we're, when we're shamed, when we're overwhelmed and this whole, the whole night to me kind of reflected it when, when you're, sh- when you feel ashamed of something or you feel overwhelmed, your instinct is to deflect or to justify what just happened. And there is certainly a lot of deflection justification. She went into that she would, because she's a mother, she would never cheat or almost never said she cheated, but she got coaching and she smashed a racket. That's anyway, the argument went on and Serena um, raised her voice, continued to raise her voice and saying it wasn't fair and it was cheating. So Ramos um, with her not uh, calming down, gave her a third code violation, which results in, in your third code violation, you get docked a game, which is huge when you're down a set in the grand slam final. Mm, and you're good. playing someone that is overmatched, that you're overmatched against. And um, so Williams lost a game and went on to lose the match. I thought something that was interesting before we talk about it a little bit, um, Williams said that the, the, she turned it into an ism thing and away from a sport thing and into that it was sexism and it was racism of why that happened. Had nothing to do with her yelling at the umpire or smashing a racket. But um, of the... Of the, throughout the whole tournament, interesting stats, there have been 86 code violations on men and 22 on women. And there have been 25 fines on men throughout the tournament and 10 on women. Serena Williams was fined $17,000 by the USTA, who stood by Ramos and said he followed the rules and did what he was supposed to do. What was your thoughts on the entire situation? It was ugly, right? It was really ugly. It was embarrassing. I think she was embarrassed. Um, I think... Carlos Ramos um, was embarrassed about the situation. Uh, I've got to decide before I answer, do I want to step into a landmine or not today? Do I feel like stepping into a landmine field? I can step in there for you. I have less to lose. Well, let me me just say this. You know, the the difference between you and I on that is I'm a Venus. I really like Venus. Mm -hmm. I just love her composure. She's competitive. I don't like Serena. I just don't. I just don't care for her. Mm-hmm. I feel sorry for her because I think she's. I think she's. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of feel pity for her in many ways. So I'm not objective about this. I just get tired of the drama. Mm-hmm. If that had been Venus, she would have handled that a lot differently, you know. So I look at it that way. Um, we see it all over. We see it in the NFL. We just. We just don't understand the. The rule of law. We don't understand. I mean, I hate to make an. You, you know, mm-hmm. she made it an is. I want to make it a. Say it's culturally. We just there are rules. The reason we have rules is because we have chaos without them. Having said that, I think it was one of those perfect storms where I just don't think Ramos should have given her a code violation mm-hmm. for her coach doing that. They all do it all mm-hmm. the time. Um, and then he had to give her a code violation. A racket smash is an automatic code violation. So that's number two. Just because he made a mistake, and he did. I, yeah, I believe exactly. he did make a mistake in yeah. giving her a coaching violation, yeah. a code yeah, violation on that. Doesn't mean he now has to not follow exactly. the rules exactly. to pay it it's back. It's his job. It's his job. And then the unfortunate, you can't, you can't, the rules are clear. You can't impugn the integrity of an official. Mm-hmm. You know, but she did. When she called him a thief, and uh, so it was just a, it was just a, you know I, we we are around it all the time. Sometimes conflicts happen because like this happens, then this happens, then this happens, and it's just a mess because it's a perfect storm. And the only way you get out of it is to keep composure. 
and uh, she didn't. She yeah. didn't. So for for whatever justification she had, uh, as a leader, you have to maintain composure. And I don't. I say that I don't mm-hmm. understand what a, to be a women's tennis player. Let yeah. me state the obvious there. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I and I should state. You know, I'm not. I don't know what it's like to be a women's tennis player. I don't know what it's like to be a professional athlete. I don't know what it's like to be black, and I don't know what it's like to be a woman. I do watch a lot of tennis, and and I, this is and, and that's why we're having a, a tennis discussion about this. We're not having a race. Well, this transcended not, tennis this week because this was on the news. This it was, did. This, it this, did because even even I heard Golick a little bit. I don't listen to that show, but just like for five minutes, I was my radio was on there, and they were talking about. If that, you want so to transcend a particular topic, though, all you have to do is add an ism to it, and it's and add a celebrity, and you have yeah, you, you have, have yeah. transcended whatever box this fits in. So this you was have, a you tennis. Have, you have Twitter sended, is what you. I mean, how You've many times have Fanini, has Sibulkova, have they done this exact same thing? Said worse, but it was never made. An, it was never then taken to a press conference and said that is blankism. Yeah, I'm I'm labeling it now because yeah. he dealt me in absolutes. I'm dealing in him absolutes. He is a racist. He is a sexist, and that is absolute. Well, where does that? What? What? How did we get to that? You broke a rule. Did he bring racism into it? Did she bring, bring racism into She's, it? In, she, in the, in she, the... she and her followers have used both. And that's one of the interesting things, too, is, you know, the most of the people that are rallying behind this, is a lot like the Urban Meyer thing, are people that, that check the clicker, you know, sports ticker a few times a month or watch a Serena match, you know, four times a year. You know, and they don't see all the other times when this happens very, very regularly. And yes, it's yeah. unfortunate it happened in a Grand Slam final. And I think some people have said, "Well, you know, this isn't a, this isn't a, the the chair umpire shouldn't insert himself into a match like that." It's, and it's the same thing when you, people say it all the time with five seconds left and a guy's shooting a game-winning shot and the ref calls a foul. Oh, the ref should stay out of it. It's not his right. place. Well, the guy shouldn't have fouled. The guy yeah, should have put the ref. It's a foul in the first two minutes. It's a foul in the last two minutes, or mm-hmm. else. I mean, there's a line. There, there is a point at which it's a foul. Mm-hmm. We know that. Like if, if you do, you know, if you smash your racket, that's you that, know. exactly that's a foul. That mm-hmm. you 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 in two last two minutes, if you tackle the guy, the ref's going to insert himself into that game yeah. or herself. How it ended up is uh, during the trophy presentation when Osaka won. Osaka was in tears because was, the was, crowd was booing, and um, Serena stepped to the mic and um, you know did her thing and hugged Osaka and everyone. Um, it was just, it was, and that's where I, in, in reflecting of it, and I was, why I was most disappointed, why I was most disgusted with it is because I'm a Serena fan and because I like American tennis and I'm an American, is why I was disappointed in it is because it was, you know, it was, ugly. It, was it was, these girls being booed because, um, because uh, of Serena's um, lack of composure and, um, and, uh, I think I just, I, I, I just saw deflection in that and I saw justification in that. And, um, you know, for, and I think the only way I can relate to this is a, it's a good reminder to me is that when you're going to go around and um, PR such values all the time and such, you know, just high standards of this is how human race should behave. And I think Serena does that. This is how women should be treated. This is how mothers should be treated. This is how, you know, um, as I do and um, as many of us do. Well, you got to live up to it, <laughs> you know, you, because you know she 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 has set these high standards for this is what's right, and she blatantly on national television treated a human being very very poorly, and whittled him down to an identity and ism. 
you know, yeah. that's, and that's, that's difficult. So. Well, something redemptive really came out of this, uh, if I, just to end the discussion on this with this, someone with, there was a picture on Instagram of Osaka holding the trophy up at the presentation. And I can't remember who did, who would put this, the quote that was underneath it that they put on their post was, there is nothing more beautiful than a smile that emerges after fighting through tears. Mm. You know, and that was real. That was pretty because she she had such dignity mm-hmm. through it, and and I think she was in the easier position than Serena. I do. I mean, I think mm-hmm. for many things she had nothing to lose. She's not Serena, mm-hmm. but it was beautiful. Her dignity. She acknowledged. I'm so sorry. I. W-. I mean, she said that. It was so sad. I'm so sorry. I won because you were all rooting for Serena. I mean, she's saying there. I heard the booze. Mm-hmm. I heard the booze. It ruined my moment. Yeah. I mean, it did. And uh, I, I love that. I've never seen that quote before. There's nothing mm-hmm. more beautiful than a smile that emerges having fought through tears. It's a complicated, you know, it, it shows the complexity of when complex beings like, engage in something. Yeah, it's highly yeah. emotional. Yeah. I think the, the chair umpire made a bad decision, first off. Serena overreacted. It was a mistake that the tournament director didn't come in. At yeah. that point, because at the same tournament, Serena has has told a line judge, I'm going to shove this effing ball down your effing throat, mm-hmm. threat of act of violence. And then she has told when and she the same thing happened. She got defaulted that game and lost to Kim Kleisters in the was it the 09 or 2010. 09, yeah. um, so she lost that one because of that overreaction. And then, and then one year she said uh, she told a umpire that they were unattractive because of a call they made <laughs> so i mean this is someone that, that just it's personal can can blow up i think it was a mistake the tournament director didn't didn't that had just left the chair umpire and serena out there to to deal with something he did mm-hmm. i it's it's i you know so i wish it could be acknowledged that um this individual made a mistake and this individual made a mistake that doesn't mean this one's an emotional mother and that doesn't mean when this one's a sexist Mm. <laughs> that the, yeah. because that I think that's where I got to and I got to pull myself away and just and, and truly judge it that's what happened and that's what happened yeah and it's just the easy thing to do is is you know to me when when you're in conflict the easy thing to do is to vilify the opposition mm-hmm. and people are more complicated than that there are very few psychotics that we deal with mm-hmm. who are evil right just pure evil mm-hmm. it's people are much more complicated than that and Employingism is just such a self-righteous way to it is. to get it back. It's an easy it, thing to I do. I think it's interesting too, especially in our culture. Gender only matters when we want it to matter, you know. Because like, so this whole thing is about a pronoun, she. In any other circumstance in this postmodern culture, that would just that you would. I mean, you you'd be borderline we, we indicted. Use it it's it's yeah. weird. Yeah, so the other another thing, um, continue on con- controversy. Um, controversy. The uh, uh, Nike has been talked about a lot. Speaking of Serena Williams, who's in the ad, mm-hmm. um, uh, Nike had an ad, I'm sure everyone knows, a uh, picture of Colin Kaepernick that says, um, "Sacrifice, making a sacrifice is, um, when you sacrifice everything, I don't know what it means, I don't know what it says. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. What have you thought about that? You know, uh, I like what you tweeted out, somebody had burned their Nikes, instead of doing that, why not, why not, I think you tweeted that out, why not donate them? You know, that's a lot. Yeah, a lot of people are saying that. Yeah, I, I. Uh, You've already bought the product. That's, it's, it's, it's interesting <laughs> so because, much of... because I'm a, I, I. In many ways, I'm a Nike guy. I like I like mm-hmm. their style, and when I read Phil Knight's book, which is the, one of the best business autobiographies, 
I've ever read. Mm-hmm. Maybe the best. That's like how rare it is that I read it, something like that twice, but it was so good. Mm-hmm. And I saw how they were a learning, a learning institution. They, they were accused, and rightly so, of some of the conditions mm-hmm. in their sweatshops in Asia and manufacturing. And they, 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 they learned about it. Clean. it. They swept it clean mm-hmm. and now have the highest of standards in the industry. And I just admire that. I admire learning institutions because of us, you know, we mess up. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're, people, people leave our church because they're mad at something we're not good at. Yeah. They might be right. And then, we, and then, and then usually they're right. Yeah. They're usually right. I just admire learning institutions because, you know, yeah, good. Thank you for telling us. And uh, so I admire that. And, and so I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm a Nike guy, you know, I like the people who've represented Nike and all that. I, here's where I am on it. I wish Colin Kaepernick would have chosen a different way to express his protest. Mm-hmm. Because defaming the flag is, I just don't like it. I, I do, I'm, I'm fundamentally opposed to that. Um, because of your grandfather, mm-hmm. mostly. But I'm thankful I live in a country where he can do that. The irony, of course, being that that freedom has, that he expressed has been bought by the very people that that flag represents. Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for that. Again, I would just go back. I, I don't vilify Colin Kaepernick. or I just don't. I, Nike, I, I don't or, like what he did. Mm-hmm. But I don't vilify. He's, he's, he, it's much more complicated as an individual than that. And um, so I'm able, I'm able to coalesce those two seemingly controvertible in, entities in, in that, I mean, I can wear Nike shirts, shoes, and disagree with Colin Kaepernick. And also understand, I, oh, I respect somebody standing for something. Mm-hmm. You know, I do. I respect that. I may not agree with it, but I respect that. And that's where I am on it. I um, I like the memes that have come out. Which looks which looks more ridiculous? I just thought that's a good question. Which looks more ridiculous? Someone kneeling during the national anthem, or someone, uh, a no name, burning a pair of their shoes? Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> they're both standing for something. You know, well, I have one guy quote tweeted a guy burning his pair of shoes. He said, "I'm white, but I'm not that white." <laughs> yeah. Chip James and I were talking about it Friday, and he Chip made a good point. He said, "You know." I hope all those people who really have a problem with Colin Kaepernick have stood at attention during the national anthem, have not gone and gotten a hot dog, and mm-hmm. been standing in the concessions line, taking their the hat off, mm-hmm. taking their hat. I mean, my guess is is that everybody that doesn't like what he did doesn't always. Do you flip through the national anthem mm-hmm. on your DVR when it's playing? Yeah, Speck and Plank for sure for it all. I think yeah. my, well, my, I, I believe it was reckless. That was a Sermon on the Mount reference there, people. Guys, come out this yeah. weekend and rise yeah. above. Rise above. <laughs> um, Insert commercial here. <laughs> yeah, um, but I, my, my thought, my reaction was, um, well, I, I, again, I, I'm, not, I'm not a veteran. I'm not black. I'm not in the NFL. I don't, you know, um, I don't know if I would how I would feel if I were a veteran. I don't know if I was a if I was a if I was a teammate of the of Colin Kaepernick in San Francisco if I would kneel with him. I don't know. You know, I don't know if I'd put my arm around him and stand. I, you know, I don't know. Um I do I I'd feel 
using the word, I thought about it a lot, the word sacrifice when it came out. And I think that word was reckless and wrong and offensive because last I checked, Kaepernick is not an amputee. Yeah, he does not have a terrible drug habit and alcoholism. I couldn't agree with that. He wakes up strangling his wife in the middle of the night. He has his life. He's being paid a lot of money. He has his life. Yeah, he does. (laughs) So he lives lives in a mansion. So it's 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 um, uh, the sacrificing everything was reckless, and using sacrificing everything was the it being reckless was the reason that Nike chose it. Right? I mean, they 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 have smarter people than me, uh, better wittier writers than me writing those things. Um, they've done all these tests and they know that's, that's the word that's going to get Twitter trending and get people talking. Um, but, uh, it, uh, it, but I, I think, um, you know, if I had more money, maybe I'd go out and I don't know, buy some Adidas, (laughs) but I'm not, I think I'm not, I have Nike shoes. That's what, you know, that's what I have. And, um, it was raining when that day when that ad came out and I have a Nike rain jacket. And so that's what I wore. Um, but I also, I don't think I need to let that affect me emotionally so much that I have to go and spend thousands of dollars to buy a new wardrobe. Yeah, I, I, you know, I respect someone who does. I mean, I do. Mm-hmm. I don't, I know, maybe if I... That's why I say for me. Yeah. I, I just don't think I, I need to I do like the memes that have come out with this and, and... Blown and tossed by the wind like a wave of the sea. Yeah. But I love the meme. And one of the memes, uh, Shelly Heller put this out, was one with uh, Tim Tebow. And uh, using the sacrifice, be willing to sacrifice everything, John 3.16, just do it, you know. Hmm. I love that because you can make the argument Tim Tebow didn't make it in the NFL because he's just not a good enough quarterback. I think that's true. Mm-hmm. But part of it was similar to Colin Kaepernick. Does his talent outweigh the baggage that comes mm-hmm. with? Because both of them are good enough to be on an NFL roster. They, they are. They are. I think they are. Not but with the baggage, baggage doesn't outweigh it. And his mm-hmm. was for his faith. And I love that. If you're not a follower of, the, I don't know if you've ever heard of this movie Jaws, <laughs> but uh, yesterday the Daily Jaws, this this Instagram, Twitter post site that comes out of out of uh, England. This guy. It was a brilliant, brilliant. A meme just to end on a lighter note picture of chief brody who's just seen the shark radio in for a bigger boat just do it um the alex kittner in the ocean get on your raft and go back out into the water just don't do it <laughs> the the no swimming hazardous area beach clothes the printing let polly do it and uh then uh the last one the shark hitting hooper's cage rip that cage to pieces just do it and then he bites you. Just chew it. Uh, so anyhow, there have been some really entertaining memes come out of this. The not Nick Saban, not, not to make light Saban, of it. Nick Saban, well, I'm not going to do it. So quit asking. <laughs> That's been, that was good. Or there's yeah. been one about Jr. about him. You know, you know, just do it even when you think you're ahead. You know. Uh, <laughs> here's, some, a, here's a good question. Another shameless plug. Mark eight thirty four. Pizza Paul and Mary happens today at noon at Sesso. Yeah. Um, you're in chapter nine or ten now, but chapter um, nine. Yeah, chapter nine. Chapter nine. Uh, what is what is? It just came to me. Um, what does what Colin Kaepernick did um, in any way reflect? Is this what it looks like to anyone who will lose wants to save his life will lose it um, to pick up your own cross? Like what is it like in in that respect? What? Yeah, um, it's you know, it's pick up your purpose, right? You know, that's just, just you know, the cross was his purpose. You're gonna have to pick up your purpose, and it'll cost you. Mm-hmm. If it's not costing you, then you have to wonder. If you've really picked up that cross. Well, the Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, uh, 
was he, what, he, he had a, uh, in, in his book on discipling, he had a, a quote, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, I'm messing it up. He said it much better than I did, but grace is free, but it comes at a cost. Yeah. Yeah. It does. And, and I, you know, uh, I'm, I take people at their word on this. Colin Kaepernick, his is a faith-based protest. That's that's you know his. He's a Christian. He's from a Christian family. And mm-hmm. uh, again, I say that I'm not in agreement with how he did it, but I respect that his faith, his love of his fellow man, is why he's doing this. Mm-hmm. And I do respect the conviction to do that. I re- I mean, is it wrong to think like I refuse to think that this is a it's a political issue like abortion, like um, I refuse to think anything is merely that one dimensional, mm-hmm. and that it has mm-hmm. there has to be a spiritual religious yeah. element to it. Yeah, like like what Colin Kaepernick is doing is not just a political social um, thing. Yeah. Is that right to think to to demand to interject spirituality? into something? Hmm, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think it's in everything, whether we want it to be or not. Mm-hmm. It really is. We act out of our core convictions, which are... From all through, all in all. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't ignore it. Well, we chewed on a lot of different pieces on the salad bar today, uh, and we hope that we've given you some means to think about these issues and let you in a little bit on our relationship and how we talk about these things. Until next time on Chucked, I'm Charles Braxton. That's Austin Charles. We'll see you next time.